Hello, you guys. This is Chanel of Covenant to Christ. I'd like to thank you for listening to my series of Is Violence Necessary? I will continue that soon, but I would like to look at a particular book in the Bible that a lot of people rarely, rarely, and I do mean rarely, the real reason why I say rarely is because you really don't hear too much about this particular book. This particular book has a lot of laws in it, which of course I would say 613 laws in it because it actually matches up with the Ten Commandments, which the Lord had gave to the Israelites, which of course, even though it's the law that even Jesus had fulfilled, it's still apparently a law today. The real reason why is the fact that people would state that we're under, uh, we're under grace. No, we're under a new covenant. That is called grace. We are under the new covenant that is called grace. And under that new covenant, it means that we don't have to worry about going to get a lamb. We didn't have to worry about going to get a ram. We didn't have to worry about getting no turtle doves. We didn't have to go get no doves just to be burnt as living sacrifice. Because Jesus Christ was the one is the actual living sacrifice that we had that we have and that is the real reason why that is the only covenant that we have that is why we are under the grace it's understandable about grace but at the same time people mess up and be 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 ridiculous about grace okay now i'm going to pull out on a particular book and i'm just going to start it from one all the way until i've finished the whole book the real this whole particular book is because this book is barely rarely and i do mean rarely read on it's called leviticus it's not named after the priesthood of aaron's um of aaron's lineage at all but it is called leviticus for a good reason this book is the pertain it pertains tap it pertains actual the actual laws of things in detail on what you should or should not do pretty much and if you notice, a lot of people, as you know, if if you're American, you know about Roe versus Wade being overturned. And here we got stupid pastors talking about women's rights and stuff like that. Women don't have no right if you're a, if you're a child of God, point blank. You don't have that kind of right. God is the one who has the right over your vessel because guess what? You gave your life to him. You did not add yourself to him. Once you gave your life to Christ, you gave it to him. You did not sit up there and just say, I'll partially give you some of me and then all of a sudden that's it. He gave us all of Jesus. He gave us all of Jesus' um, teachings. He gave us all of teachers' Um, teachings of what Jesus was speaking of when he was on this earth. He gave us everything that Jesus was talking about. He pulled down from heaven. Everything that Jesus had done, he pulled down from heaven. Everything that Jesus had set up there and looked at, every single thing, it was done. He, it was done in heaven as it is on earth. Jesus did not, not one time sit up there, rebuttal it, compromised it. Or thought that everything was cute. He did not even. And I do mean compromise. He did not. He did not go against his father's laws. He went to his father's law. He walked in his father's law. He walked through it. So he did not sit up there. And go against anything that his father had pulled out. Or recommend or even stated. 
So let's go into the first chapter of Leviticus because this is very important just to read this book because of the fact of the matter is a lot of people really don't talk about this book because they're looking at the fact it's Old Testament. Let me explain something to you. The whole book of the Bible is the whole book of the Bible. It's just the bottom line. It's the word of God. When people get only just the test, the New Testament, oh, well, but they just what they don't do is look at the laws of what is going on. Because what happens in the Old Testament, even reflect into the new point blank, it reflected unto the new. So as we read Leviticus, because I will be reading it every week. Excuse me. I will be reading each chapter every week. It's up to you just to understand it and up to you just to read it. So that way you can get the picture of what we are looking at here. Because like I said, this is one of the five books of Moses that nobody don't really talk about. We can read the Bible to hell freezes over, but some things we just don't pay attention to. I've noticed that it's a lot of um, scriptures mostly read in the Bible is pertains in the New Testament. It don't pertain in the Old Testament. Most of majority of the time, I would say a good 90% of the time is coming from the New Testament. 90%. It don't come all the way into the Old Testament because right now the Lord has me reading uh, the first of second Samuel. He told me to read second Samuel. I said, I will. I'll read that. I have been reading it for the last two days. I don't know why he would have me reading it, but he has me reading it. So I'm going to continue reading it. But as right now, I'm going to pull to you Leviticus chapter one. Please listen. And I hope you have your Bibles with you just so you can read this particular one. And I'm going to tell you, um, I'm reading it in the, the King Jameser. The King Jameser is the Bible that has the whole book of the Bible of what God has said in red. From the Old Testament to the New Testament. It's not just um it's not just what you see in your older book. This is a King Jameser, and the book is it also underlines words that you don't understand in that particular passage. It will understand it will tell you exactly what it means in that particular passage. It does not mean when you see that same word in another passage, it does not mean that it means the same thing. Get what I'm saying? So with that being said, it's a book, it's a Bible that I had gotten from the Christian stand, a Christian store. You can get it from ChristianStore.com just to order this book. It's called the King Jameser. It's KJV Parsifee ER, King Jameser. Okay. Uh, chapter one. And Jehovah called to Moses and spoke to him out of the tabernacle of the congregation saying, Mind you, this is what the Lord is telling Moses to say to the people. Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, if any man of you bring an offering to Jehovah, you shall bring your offering of the cattle, even of the herd and of the flock. If his offering be a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish, which means it got to be clean. It got to have no spots, no wrinkles, no nothing. He shall offer it of his own voluntary will at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before Jehovah. Remind you, it got to be at the door. It cannot, he cannot go into the tabernacle. The only people who go into the tabernacle is the priests, the priests themselves, because they are the ones who are coming in for the people. And he shall put his hand upon the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. 
and he shall kill the bullock before Jehovah and the priest Aaron's sons, Aaron's sons, mind you, he appointed Aaron's sons, even though Aaron is the high priest, but he appointed his sons as well, shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood round about upon the the altar. An altar is somewhere where at the point at that time it was in the tabernacle that they were uh, ministering and worshiping the Lord. That is by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he shall skin the burnt offering and cut it into its pieces. Now, in this uh, particular chapter, and this is verse 6. In verse 6, it says flay, which means skin. And the sons of Aaron, the priests, shall put fire upon the altar and lay the wood in all in order upon the, fi- the fire. He's saying it got the wood has got to be in a certain order. Just to lay the, uh, just to lay the, just to um, prepare the altar, and the priests, Aaron's sons, shall lay the pe- the parts, the head and the fat, in order upon the wood that is on the fire, which is upon the altar, but it's inwards. Now that we talking about the inside parts of the um, of this animal and its legs, shall be washed in water. And the priest shall burn all on the altar to be a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire of a sweet savior or a soothing aroma to Jehovah. And if his offering be of the flocks, namely of the sheep or of the goats for a burnt sacrifice, he shall bring it a male without blemish. Again, a male again. He's saying a male. It cannot be a female. It has to be a male. I've noticed that he, um, on the first one, it stated that it had to be a male, uh, offer a male without blemish. It says that on verse three, it talks about a male. It didn't say nothing about a female. It said a male, a male cattle or a male lamb or a male, um, um, ram or a male uh, sheep or a male goat any one of those it had to be a male if you notice it says only a male and he shall kill it on the side of the altar northward before Jehovah and the priests Aaron's sons shall sprinkle his blood round about upon the altar the blood is like the side just like Jesus um, blood was the sacrifice on Cal. On Golgotha's cross. And he shall cut it into its pieces and its head and its fat. And the priest shall lay them in order on the wood that is on the fire, which is upon the altar. But he shall wash the inwards and the legs with water. And the priest shall bring it all. And burn it upon the altar. It is a burnt sacrifice. An offering made by fire. Of a sweet savior to Jehovah. And if the burnt sacrifice for his offering to Jehovah. Be of of, be of fowls. Which of course they talking about birds. Then he shall bring his offering of turtle doves. 
or of young penguins. Now, the turtle doves and young penguins, the only real reason why they pull out for those two is because if they were poor, which, of course, is in the law of um, Exodus. And they when they brought that up on Exodus, it had to be one of the two. Now, if you had ram or sheep or goats, that's like a high paying offering. But when it came to somebody who was poor, they had to bring a turtle dove or a, or a pigeon for their um, for their um, atonement, or you might as well say their burnt offering, because of the fact that their their status of what they were under and what they were uh, what their position is under as uh, the status of middle class or uh, poor or high class. And the priest shall bring it to the altar and wring off its neck, which means you kind of like twist the neck off and burn it on the altar. And the blood thereof shall be wringed out at the side of the altar, which means they wringing it out uh, here. And um, some people still uh, kill turkeys. So, you know, they still um, the slaughterhouse. They still have to order for them just to have just to have some kind of poultry or what have you. They are killing the turkeys by cutting the head. They either cut the heads off or they or they snap the head off. But this one, it says ring because nobody's not cutting the head. They are twisting or twisting the head off, basically. And he shall pluck away its is crop or uh, or gutted or gutlets with its feathers and cast it beside the altar on the east part by the place of the ashes and he shall cleave it which means split or tear with the wings thereof but shall not divide it asunder or divide it in two and the priest shall burn it upon the altar Upon the wood that is upon the fire, it is a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire of a sweet savior to Jehovah. That is chapter one of Leviticus. Now, if you notice, this is talking about the sacrifice of atonement, a sacrifice of a burnt offering. This is the actual law of us of the burnt offering. They put in or they're explaining to you about how they did the burnt offering at that time. Now, a lot of us don't pay attention about a burnt offering, but this burnt offering is a burnt offering just to just to understand about how the Lord dealt with the make to make atonement for you or the person at the time. This was the atonement for Israel at the time. This was what they had to do at that time, how to sit up there, have something. And if you notice the status of both kinds, there was one, either you had the sheep or the goat. It was another, unless you had the tap, um, the, the, uh, the pigeon or the turtle dove, they had different types of status. There was a different type of way on how they had a certain kind of atonement for a burnt sacrifice. If you notice, I said burnt sacrifice. I ain't said no sin offering. I said burnt sacrifice. With that being said, it explains to you about what they acknowledge of what they supposed to do. And this is what the Lord had called to Moses and told him to speak to the tavern, speak out to the um the congregation which of course is the children of Israel 
Remember, the Lord's people, chosen people, were, of course, in fact, Israel. And that was the, um, that this was actually coming from this, um, people came from the loin of Abraham, of course, who is, um, who was married, who was married to Sarah. Sarah was the one who gave birth to, to, to Isaac. And Isaac gave birth, uh, had begotten Jacob and Esau. So if you notice that they had, um, twins. He had twins with his um his wife, uh, Rebecca. So if you look at these this particular law, this law is breaking down on how you have a burning sacrifice, a burning atonement on what you're supposed to do just for your um your burnt offering or burnt sacrifice, because it does not mention anything about a sin offering. This says a burnt offering. It doesn't mention anything about a sin offering. This was a burnt offering. If you notice, there's certain things about burnt offerings, certain things that um, it breaks down about why they pulled this out for a burnt offering. I do not know, but it tells you about what the Lord had positioned it. It is a burnt offering for the for the children of Israel to offer, which, of course, is for the kettle, the herd and of of the flock, which, of course, is anything that you own. Anything that you own, or you might as well say it like a tithe, they putting out just for you just to put right on out there as a burnt offering. No, it doesn't say that about a tithe or anything. It just tell you that it's a burnt offering. Point blank. People have a tendency on bringing stuff up. I have enough time for a chapter two. So let me put, read chapter two for you. And when any will offer, will offer, this is a any will offer. A meat offering to Jehovah. His offering shall be of fine flour, and he shall pour oil upon it and put frankincense thereon. And he shall bring it to Aaron's sons, the priests, and he shall take from it his handful of the flat of the flour thereof and of the oil thereof with all the frankincense thereof. And the priest shall burn the memorial of it upon the altar to be an offering made by fire of a sweet savior to Jehovah. And the raiment of the meat offering shall be Aaron's and his sons. It is a thing most holy of the offerings of Jehovah made by fire. And if you bring an oration or oration means offering of a meat or grain offering baked in the oven, it shall be unleavened or yeast free cakes of fine flour mangled or mixed with oil or unleavened or you might as well say it again spread wafers or anointed or spread with oil. And if your oration be a meat offering baked in a pan, it shall be a fine flour, unleavened, mingled with oil. You shall you shall part it in pieces. See, here's a, here's another way on doing something. They tell you exactly how to do it. And pour oil thereon. It is a meat offering. And if your ordination be a meat offering. Baked in the frying pan, it shall be made of fine flour with oil. 
And you shall bring the meat offering that is made of these things to the Lord. And when it is presented to the priest, he shall bring it to the altar. Which means you have to already have this cooked. It shall already been cooked. And it show you exactly how to do it and how to make this. So that way it can be perfected and shall be presented to the Lord. And if you notice, it's called a meat offering, but it talks about flour. It don't talk about the meat. Like I said, is it what was the position of the person? And the priest shall take from the meat offering a memorial or a token um or a token part thereof and shall burn it upon the altar. It is an offering made by fire of a sweet savior to Jehovah. And that which is left of the meat offering shall be Aaron's and his sons. It is a thing made holy of the offerings of Jehovah made by fire. No meat offering which you shall bring to Jehovah shall be made with leaven. Which means you can't have no yeast up in there. For you shall burn out, burn no leaven, nor any honey and any offering of Jehovah made by fire. It better not be no yeast up in there. You should not have no um, yeast in there at all. It's letting you know. The leaven means um, yeast. And if you notice that it says on verse 4, it says unleavened wafers anointed with oil, an unleavened case of fine flour mangled it with oil. It shall not have no yeast in it. It shall not have no ingredient of yeast in it. And that which is left of the meat offering shall be Aaron's and his sons. It is a thing made most, I mean, sorry, thing most holy of the offerings of Jehovah made by fire. No meat offering which you shall bring to Jehovah shall be, shall be made with leaven. For you shall burn no leaven nor any honey in any offering of Jehovah made by fire. As for the oration of the first fruits, you shall offer them to the Lord, but they shall not be burnt on the altar for a sweet savior. And now that's a that now that's different. Now it's talking about the first fruit. It ain't talking about no offering. It talks about the first fruit. It says first fruit. It doesn't mention anything about a meat offering. It doesn't say anything about a um, a burnt sacrifice or a burnt offering. This is this is a different kind of offering. This is a first fruit. You shall not have it burnt. It shall not be burnt at all. It says, as for the orientation, which of course offering of the first fruits, you shall offer them to Jehovah, but they shall not be burnt on the altar for a sweet savior. And every oration of your meat offering shall you season with salt. Neither shall you allow the salt of the covenant of your God to be lacking from your meat offering. With all your offerings, you shall offer salt. Now in that, again, it says, you, and every offering of your meat, of your meat offering shall you season with salt. Neither shall you allow the Preservation, that's which of course is salt. See, salt is underlined, the second on word salt is underlined, mean preservation 
of the covenant, or you might as well say agreement of your, of your God, or you might as well say of Elohim to be lacking from your meat offering with all your offerings, you shall offer salt. Now this last word salt, cause salt is mentioned here three times, only one time it was underlined. The last two, the first one and this last one is not underlined. It plainly says salt. And if you offer a meat offering of your first fruits to the Lord, you shall offer for the meat offering of your first fruit, green ears of corn or grain, you might as well say, dried by the fire, even corn beaten out of full ears, which means you're beating the corn out of the ear. And you shall put oil upon it and lay frankincense thereon. It is a meat offering and the priest shall burn the the memorial of it. Part of the beaten corn thereof and part of the oil thereof with all the frankincense thereof. It is an offering made by fire to the Lord. That is chapter two. If you notice, it talks about nothing but the offering it talks about a meat offering your meat is actually it's flour (laughs) it wasn't the lamb it wasn't uh it wasn't a uh, a goat it wasn't a flock it was a it wasn't even a bird they was talking about flour that was the meat offering that's how they made the meat or it was flour that you put oil on it didn't say anything about how how, how you um flay so uh fillet the meat. It ain't say nothing about how you um call it. If you notice that meat, if um in this book, meat is underlined as grain. It's not the goat. It's not the um flock of your um your uh of your um. It's not even sheep. It's not even if you notice it, in the King James Bible, you have to really really study. And understand what these certain things are saying. Because in chapter 2, it's talking about flour. In chapter 1, it was talking about the um, the herd. It talked about the turtle doves. It talked about the pit, um, the um, the pigeons. If you, haven't you noticed? It never said anything about no pigs. Haven't you noticed? It never said anything about um, uh, cows. It said something about sheep. It said something about goats. It didn't say anything about no um, ram, but it tells you exactly what it was telling you about, about a certain type of of uh, animal. It said a certain type of an animal. You notice it's talked about a certain type of, certain type of animal of your flock. It tells you that straightforward in chapter one, chapter two, the meat offering is not even meat, it's flour. It's a preserved bread that you can put and keep in your refrigerator. Um, well, back then they had no refrigerator, but they had to preserve it with oil. If you notice, they talked about oil. It talked about how to mangle, um, mangle with oil. You mangling the flour with oil, which means you know how you um, people make um, um, what is it? Uh, pizza, um, uh, um, pizza. That that dough had to be right. It has to be flattened. It has to be beaten. They put the oil. They put all the ingredients in that so they can make 
that flower right just to be flat. If it don't be, fl if they want it flat, or they have um, put the curves on the ends and uh, or and flat um, and throw it in the air just so it can be just right, just so it can be a perfect round circle for the pieces just to be round or square. It's it's just the way how it is. But this is what the chapter two is talking about. It's not meat. It's actually flour because it's talking to you about his offering shall be a fine flour and he shall pour oil upon it and put frank incense therein. There on. There you go. This is this is not nothing they should eat. The frank incense is for you. It's kind of like a bowl. And um, in Revelation, it tells you how the bowl has um, um, is bowls of incense in heaven and the angels bring it up to heaven where the the incense are burning. Um, they are actually prayers from the saints. That's what they are. Prayers from the saints. So if you're looking at what is these prayers are, that's what they are. That's that's what it looks like right here in chapter two. The prayers of the saints. It's the prayers of his people who are bringing in their meat offering and also their prayers to the Lord. Because this is, if you look at it, that's exactly what they're putting at. The Lord had just put that in my face. So that's exactly what's going on. It's the, the meat offering is your prayers. The prayers that you put into um before the Lord. The prayer that you the prayers that you want him to answer. The prayers that you laying at his altar. The prayers that you want him to just to give you an answer, instructions, or directions with. A lot of us give we pray, but we don't ask for directions. A lot of us pray that we don't give instruct we don't ask for instructions. A lot of us pray, but don't un don't understand or get into the strategies. If you notice in I in, in Proverbs, it talks about asking for instructions. And um in Psalms it talks about instructions. But right here, if you notice, it don't really talk about it too much. But if you look at it, it's telling you about some things that you need to know and understand. So when we look at these things. Look at this particular book. You'll know that a lot of people do not listen or pay attention to this book. But if you see how and why they don't listen to this book, I don't know. Maybe they don't understand it. Maybe they're just looking at the fact it's Moses' um, books. But just pay attention to the things that's what's in this book. It's actually pertaining in the whole Bible. It pertains it. I mean, Jesus was the living sacrifice. He was a living sacrifice. Remember, he was still alive when he was carrying that um, carrying that cross. He was still alive. He wasn't a ghost. He was still alive. His eyes were still open. He was still talking, even though people were spitting at him, punching him in the face, stuff like that. Even trying, even tripping him over, he was still talking. He still had his eyes open. He still dragged that thing. So don't sit up there and look at the fact on what is animals. They were still pulled just so they can be sacrificed. So with that being said, it tells you exactly how we really don't. A lot of people don't really read their Bible. They don't really read it because they don't understand it. They're not asking the Holy Ghost to reveal some things. In this particular book, these two chapters, he just revealed some things to me because I was shocked about it when I when I was listening to it on my phone. Yes, I have two Bibles on my phone that I listen to the word. If I don't want, if I can't read it, I will listen to it. 
And it's the best time, if anything, if you can't do anything else, and you and nobody can't really say they ain't never heard of a Bible or whatever. Because if you got a phone, a cell phone at that, you can download a Bible. There's a King James, that's the NLVX, that's the um, American Standard Book. There's a uh, that's a um, also a living trans living translation. There's the NIV. There's also the um, uh, what is it? It's also a Jewish book um, Bible and um on the um on apps. So please don't sit up there and say you can't get a Bible. That's impossible. Don't even say that. You can get a Bible anywhere. It's just up to you just want to download it. So with that being said, reading these two chapters is telling us about the atonement, the uh, the offerings. These two offerings are what we don't have to do now. We don't have to do that right now. We don't have to do this anymore. You want to know why we don't have to do this anymore? The real reason why we don't have to do this is because of the fact of the matter is Jesus paid for it. Just like he did his, um, the memorial of his, um, of his, uh, of communion. Communion is what we, this is basically like communion. If you look at it, because remember you have to squeeze, you have to twist the, um, the bird's head. And then pour the blood. Uh, look at the um the the meat offering, which is dough without the yeast, unleavened bread or wafers. That's what they call. Isn't that what um isn't that the communion that we do at church? The 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 bread is the body of Christ. This is my um this is my body that has been beaten for you. The blood, the wine, which has been sacrificed for you. That's Jesus right there for remissions of sins. I'm going to say remissions of sins. Because technically that's what Jesus blood and body was positioned for remissions of sin. If you look at it in Matthew. So just to pull it out, I am done for today. But just to read to next week, I will be reading Matthew chapter, I mean, not Matthew, I'm sorry, Leviticus chapter three and Leviticus chapter four, because we need to understand these, this particular book, because this book had a lot of laws in it. That's how I said, if you really want to know who Jesus is, you got to look at these, the Bible, because technically Jesus was all over it. We just didn't pay attention to it. People can say it, but nobody don't really, really did not actually introduce it. In the Bible. And what I mean introduce it. They didn't really introduce it. We, we hear people talk about tithes. We hear people talking about this. We hear people talking about that. Tell me what the Bible says. Because that's when people put the Bible aside. I just saw a stupid pastor. Yeah, I said stupid. That's why I was wondering why I never listened to his music again. You say one thing and then all of a sudden do something totally different. That's why confusion is around people. That's why they're so confused and don't know what's going on. And don't realize they're sending themselves to hell. I mean, literally sending themselves to hell. Because you can, like I said, you can hurt, you can hurt the Lord, even in the worst thing possible. And then he'll tell you, this is what you said. Or you you ain't repent about it, but you said it. A lot of us don't even understand about what repentance are. So... You get the picture. They say whatever they want to say. And then all of a sudden you wonder why they confuse. Because they are confused. You have to read the word for yourself. You get some kind of. my uh, 
Bishop was talking about resting in the Lord. That's why I'm going. To, uh, and for some reason, it's funny for him to say that because guess what? It was confirmation for me to rest in the Lord. I have to rest in him. I got to rest in him. Point blank. So God bless. Please read um, Leviticus for yourself as well. And ask the Holy Ghost to give you revelations of it. Because these two chapters, it just gave me revelations on it right while I'm telling you about it. And it's and it's so profound. And he will never lie to you. Holy Ghost will never lie. He's your friend. He's your comforter. He's your counselor. He will never lie. God bless. And thank you. And yes, I will be back on doing um the in um as well as necessary soon, but not right now. So thank you so very much for listening. Have a nice one and God bless.